Kundo. Great. Well, it's great to be um, together this morning, and we're going to have um, a great time um, looking at John 6. Actually, my um, notes say Bread of Life, John 3, so I forgot to update that bit. I must, if I say John 3 at all, I'm talking about John 6, okay? Um, John chapter 6. I've just turned to John 3 now as well. Um, I mentioned last week like, you know, having contribution and everyone taking part in the meeting and was amazing. It was just like nonstop this morning. So well done, church. Um, Really encouraged by the response um, to that. We actually had a great week last week as well. And I just want to encourage us to keep going, to keep asking God, what's he saying to us? Um, Do I need to bring a testimony? Do I need to share? Um, Do I need to give thanks? You know, uh, as we heard from um, Doris this morning, Our testimony is prophetic for those who are waiting for their miracle, who are believing God, who are hanging on. And to hear your testimony is really, really powerful. So I just want to encourage us to keep pursuing that, to keep, you know, we don't have to make stuff up, um, but just to keep pursuing God for what he wants to say, how he wants us to minister to one another. And of course, much of that won't be from the front of a meeting. Much of that will be you can encourage someone else in the meeting. You can you know, welcome them. You can share something encouraging with them as you're waiting for the meeting to start or as you're having tea and coffee afterwards. Let, let's minister to one another um, as a church. So that's fantastic. So John chapter 6. Um, it's one of the longer chapters, isn't it? Have you been reading um, this week? Um, maybe you found that you couldn't quite just demolish it in five minutes like you could with um, some of the other chapters. Um, So I'm going to focus on a passage from verse 25 um, this morning, from verse 25 to verse 51. But just to give us a little bit of context, what happens in the first 24 um, verses, Jesus feeds 5,000 people. Well, he actually feeds more than 5,000 people because they, for some reason, only counted the men. I know, but we've moved on from there. Um, So so 5,000 plus Um, people, considerably more than 5,000 people, Jesus feeds by the Sea of Galilee. Um, And then the disciples um, cross over the Sea of Galilee, but Jesus stays behind. But then the disciples um, encounter, um, I think it's in this passage that they encounter the storm. They're always coming across storms, aren't they? But anyway, Jesus comes to the disciples um, in the middle of the night. He's walking um, on the water. Uh, And so when they get to the other side, the crowd are obviously confused because um, Jesus didn't leave in the boat, but now he's gone. Um, and so eventually the crowd work out that Jesus is on the other side of the lake um, with the disciples. And so we're going to pick up in verse 25. Okay. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me. Not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Now think about that for a moment. Um, They did see the sign because they saw the multiplication of the bread and the fish. But Jesus says, you didn't see it properly. You didn't see it properly because you're just impressed that your stomachs were filled. Yeah? So he says, the reason really that you're chasing after me is not because you saw what I was trying to show you, but it was because you got your bellies full and you liked it. And so you're pursuing me 
for that. He says, do not work for food that spoils, verse 27, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works that God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Suddenly our worship time makes a lot more sense. Um, A lot of songs about believing this morning. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. At this, the Jews began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And they said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? And how can he say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them. And I will raise them up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. And no one who has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. So the crowds are following Jesus because they want more food. They've missed the point of the sign. You see, Jesus does love to bless us in all kinds of ways. And we've even heard testimony this morning, and we celebrate that, that God is the God who loves to bless his children. And he blesses us um, materially as well as spiritually. He blesses us um, when he moves in healing power. He blesses us when he provides for us and he meets our needs and he enables us to prosper. But if we start to chase those things, then we start to miss the point of the sign. We start to miss the point of the miracle. He loves to bless us in all different kinds of ways, but he says, 
Don't chase after food that spoils. I remember um, one time, very early on in my relationship with Judith, we went to visit um, her parents. Now, um, my mother-in-law loves to listen to my preaching online, so Lillian, you are an absolutely fantastic mother-in-law. Um, seriously, um, you and Barry um, are just such an incredible blessing. A person could not have asked um, for a better set of in-laws. But, <laughs> one, of my, one of my first visits, I can't remember if it was the very first or the second visit, my first visit to their house, I stayed over at their house and I had a nosebleed. I never have nosebleeds and I had a nosebleed all over the pillow of the room where I was staying. Anyway, that's another story. Um, one time, um, my, my mother-in-law, Lillian, she's amazing, and um, she, she loves to feed people. She loves um, to be hospitable and to meet people's needs. And so she loves to spoil me and to look after me. And, um, and one time I was sat down and she'd made me, I think it was a banana split. She, does, she makes a mean banana split. Um, and anyway, I started tucking into this and very quickly I realized that the cream was totally off. I mean, it was like really bad. And, and I have like an aversion to if, like off milk just like, if you really want to like be mean to me, just like leave some, I, I can't stand it. It's like, I, yeah. So I'm sat there and of course I don't know them very well, Judith's parents at this point, and I'm trying to impress because I want them to, to like me and accept me. And so I sit there and I eat the whole <laughs> banana split with all of the, the cream is just like disgusting. It's just like making me want to throw it, but I ate the whole thing. Um, but our food is pretty horrible, isn't it? Yeah, I, I'm glad that I don't have to sit looking at that image in the background, because when I was selecting pictures for this PowerPoint, I was really wanting to throw up looking at all the different um, pictures of spoiled food. It's just, ugh. So, so why? You know, it's a really obvious question that Jesus is, it's a really obvious point that Jesus is making. Why would you want to throw all your energy and effort um, your faith energy, if you like, your, your, you know, just pursuing things, it wears us out, doesn't it? Just going after things, it takes emotional energy, holding on and, and believing for things. And, 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 and Jesus is like, why would you be throwing all your energy and your effort and your emotional energy and why would you be investing all of that into something that is going to go off? that is going to perish, is going to spoil. And we have to start to make the distinction then, don't we, between what are we pursuing in life? God loves to bless us. So, so Jesus says in Matthew um, chapter 6, um, God knows that you have material needs. So Jesus, the point that Jesus is making here is not that you should never look or consider anything about food ever again. It's like food's really evil because it goes off. Don't touch it because you'll all die. Okay? So please keep eating. Um, so it's not that, that's not the point. But he's making this contrast between if we're chasing, if we're throwing all our energy and effort. And, and so in Matthew 6, he's like, look, just trust God. God knows that you need that stuff. But in terms of what you actually pursue, in terms of what you're actually working for, in terms of what you're um, investing your life into, he says, make sure that you're not investing your life into something that is going to go off. 
that is going to spoil, that is just temporary and will pass away. And if we're not careful, we can replace discipleship with believing for food that spoils. Yeah? Because we can spiritualize the believing for food that spoils, can't we? So we can start to learn spiritual techniques and, and we can start to try to practice our faith towards receiving things that spoil. And God knows that we have needs, but he says, actually, I want you to follow me. That's discipleship. I want you to be invested into following me. And that means owning my purpose. That means pursuing what I pursued. Yeah? That means caring more about what I'm calling you into, what my concerns are in this world. Caring more about that than the food that spoils. Even though God knows, if I made that point well enough, God knows that you need the food. God's invested in you having the food that you need. You see, I don't want my kids to pursue food as the primary goal and purpose of their lives. But I still know that they need food. And I'm still committed to providing it for them. And now, if I can do that as an earthly father, how much more our father in heaven? He knows how to provide for our needs, but that doesn't mean that he wants that to be our primary purpose or goal in life. Now, food's a bit of an obvious one, but where it starts to become a little bit more subtle is things like success. Things like career advancement. Because those things, of course, can be part of us pursuing God's kingdom purpose over our lives. But we all know, don't we, that there is a fine line between what is genuinely, I'm seeking this promotion because I believe that God wants to enable me to be a blessing in his kingdom, and it slips into, I want the kind of credit, and I want the respectability, and I want the status, and, and, and those kind of things are food that spoils, because we can't take them with us. So we have to ask ourselves the question, am I following Jesus and pursuing discipleship or am I working in any way for food that spoils? So Jesus says this in verse 29 when they say, well, what kind of work should we be doing? He says, well, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Not believe for material blessings. Not believe for success for ourselves, not believing for our reputation or how we're gonna make it in life, but believing in the one that he has sent. Kunlun Dupe, I really believe in you. I believe in you. You've had challenging circumstances at times. You've held on to God. You've proven God. You trust God. Um, I want to honor you. I believe in you, and I believe in the hand of God upon your lives. Now, how many of you know that I am not saying that I believe that Kunle and Dupe exist? Yeah, they're, they're right here. It, that'd be stupid. Kunle and Dupe, I believe that you exist. Well, that's nice of you, thanks. Feels so much better now. Um, Jesus 
is right there in front of the people that he's asking to believe in him. He's, he's there physically. I know it's a bit different for us because we're like reading about it thousands of years later, but he's like stood right in front of them. Clearly, he's not asking them to believe that he exists. Yeah? He's asking for more than that, isn't he? He's asking them to have confidence in them, in him. That he's asking them to be invested into him. Interestingly, when we read to believe in, um, in John's gospel, very, very often, most times, the actual language, and some of you have heard this before, is believe into. So it's believe into the one who sent. So there's this sense of investment into that person. There's this sense of it being active. It, it, it kind of involves movement. It's not a passive kind of, yeah, I know that you exist. But there's an investment, an active belief, a faith in. We are called the work of God for us. And it's work. It's work. It's not, do you believe or don't you believe? Mm, yeah, I believe. Over. No, it's ongoing work. To believe into Christ. To believe into the one that the Father has sent. Obviously the crowd believed that Jesus existed. But they needed to believe who he is. We need to believe in who Jesus is. We need to believe in everything that he said. Everything that he commanded us all the ways and the principles that he taught us. We have to believe them so actively and passionately that we commit to living our lives by what he said. We commit to living our lives by following his ways. And when we're tempted because we're in a difficult situation and we're tempted to cut corners in one way or another, we're called to actively believe that no, Christ's way is the only way. I can't compromise here. I can't cut the corners. I've got to hold on. What does Jesus say in this situation? I believe in him. I've got confidence in him. I will follow him. And right now, that feels like it's costing me. For example, to honor God in my finances. When I feel like I'm under pressure, well, one day in the future, I'd love to be able to give the way that the Bible says that I should give. But right now, I've just got to look after things because I'm not seeing that breakthrough. And I, no, hang on a minute. Do I believe what Jesus teaches me? Do I believe in him? Have I got confidence in him? Have I got confidence in the word of God? Will I devote my life to following in his way? Believing in him is more than an assent that he exists. But believing him is dynamic and active and will touch every single area of our lives. We need to become more conscious of our belief in him in, and in his life in every situation of our lives. So if you are entering into a relationship with someone... I mean like of the romantic kind. If you're entering into a relationship, well, what does your belief in Jesus have to say about that? 
What does your belief in Jesus have to say about your conduct in that relationship? What does your belief in Jesus have to say whether that's even a good choice of a relationship? What does actively, dynamically, not just having I'm a Christian ticked on a survey form somewhere, but having a real, dynamic, active belief in Jesus. I am living my life with a belief in Jesus Christ. What does that have to say about that relationship? Or your conduct. Your conduct maybe in the workplace or in some other social setting. How you behave, the things that you get involved in, the things that you do. How you conduct yourself as a witness of Jesus Christ. Does your conduct confirm that you believe in him? Because believing in him is work. Believing in him makes a difference. Believing in him is something that you've got to have faith for. You've got to, you've got to stretch your faith muscles, as it were. And sometimes it won't be easy, but you believe in him. And so you're going to hold on to him. You're going to keep holding on to him. And you're not going to give up. And there are people in this room who are testimonies of exactly that. Where believing in him has been work but they've held on and they've kept believing. We can't allow our faith to become something that is passive and in the background, but it has to touch every single areas, area of our lives. And so sharing the gospel, and this challenges me as much as it challenges anyone, but sharing the gospel has to become part. My faith in Christ means I have to be active in sharing my faith with others. And so it can't just be maybe, possibly, if a situation arises. But I've got to be thinking, I've got to be engaging with how am I going to share my faith? Because I believe in Jesus. I believe in God our Father and in Christ his Son and in the Holy Spirit, our God who's three in one. I believe in the resurrection, that he will come again. I don't believe this is all just make-believe. I don't believe we're just making ourselves feel better by singing songs. I believe in Jesus. It has to affect the way I live every single area of my life. How is your belief in Christ going to touch your life so that you labor for something that will last and endure forever and not just food that will perish and spoil so Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I'm what you should be laboring for. I'm what you should be devoting yourself to. Not running after all these things that your father knows you need. But ultimately are only temporary. He says, I'm the bread of life. And if you eat this bread, you'll never go hungry. It will never spoil. It will never fade. We used to sing a song, some of you will remember it. I want to give my life for something that lasts forever. Oh, I did like, anyway. Anyone remember that song? Thanks, Matthew. Thanks, Mom. I want to give my life for something that will last forever. Do you know, psychologists tell us that one of our most basic human needs is for significance. And that, incidentally, is why sometimes we can end up chasing and working for food that spoils. But we know how to give our lives for something that will last forever. I am the bread of life. 
I am the bread of life, says Jesus. And if you feed on me, if you will give yourself, if you will invest your life into believing in me, into following me, into investing everything you are into becoming like me, then I make you a promise, says Jesus. What you invest your life into, I promise you it will not spoil. I promise you it will last forever. I promise you you will have significance because I will raise you up on the last day. I will raise you up and you will rule and reign with me for all of eternity. If you will only invest your life into believing in me, into trusting me, into believing what I have to say, into obeying my commands, into following my ways. See, Jesus says that it's not about doing his own will, verse 38, but doing the will of him who sent him. Remember in John chapter 4, Jesus said, my food is to do the will of the Father. See, Jesus in his humanity models for us what it is to do God's will as a human being. And this is so significant because God's will for us has always been that humanity would be part of bringing his will to the ends of the earth. We call it his kingdom, his rule, his reign, his will to the ends of the earth. And God has always been determined that he will do that through you and me as his sons and daughters. And this, by the way, is the significance of the bread. You see, Jesus also talks a lot, doesn't he, in John's gospel about the water of life. And by that, he means the Holy Spirit. But he also makes it clear that the spiritual has to take effect in the natural. And so he says, this bread is my actual flesh. So Jesus is making a point here. I'm flesh and blood, I'm a human being. This is not just some spiritual theory. This spiritual reality takes place in the natural, in you as a human being. So he says, his life is how to live as a human, bringing God's will into our world. So that's what we're talking about. When we're talking about believing in Jesus, we're talking about following in his way and trusting him that he will enable us to do what he did, to partner with God, to bring God's will into our world. And so your work in believing in him is about bringing God's will, the Father's will, into earth around you, which is exactly what Jesus says in Matthew chapter six, when he says, don't worry about the food you'll eat or the clothes that you'll wear, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Invest your life into following Jesus and bringing God's kingdom in the earth because that is what will last forever. And John, since John chapter three, has been repeatedly using this phrase eternal life to refer to God's kingdom that comes now and lasts forever. So eternal life in John is not just about the duration of time, but it's about a quality of life. So he's saying, that you will be raised up and you will enjoy eternal life. You'll enjoy this rule and reign of God's kingdom. But it says you can be part of that now, which is all consistent with what we've already read in John chapter three and following on from that, by believing into him, by investing your life, by putting your faith and your trust and your confidence, saying Jesus's way is the only way. Jesus's way, I have decided, I am determined, I am confident 
that Jesus' way is the only way that my life can last for something eternal. For God's rule and reign established in the earth. Everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day. At the moment we live in this overlap of the ages. The kingdom of God has come but it's still coming and it will come. It's now but it's not yet. But Jesus says there is a last day when he will come again. And all the dead will be raised. And there will be judgment. And those of us who have put our faith and trust in him will go with him to eternal life. That's a future reality. We've been singing it today. I believe in the resurrection, that Christ will come again. I believe in the life eternal. We're not just waiting for that distant, far-off day, but we're living with trust and confidence in him, here and now, giving our lives, investing into that bread that will never perish and will never spoil. And we're enjoying it here and now. We're feeding on him here and now. And we have the hope and the assurance that everything will be brought to completion at that final day. Because we live with the hope of a certain future, of a resurrection where God's kingdom comes in all of its fullness. Why would we invest our lives into food that perishes and spoils? So some questions for us just to finish with. Will you give yourself to following him? Will you take time to consider your life again? To consider every area of your life? And will you ask yourself the question, am I following him? Am I believing in him? And what will that look like in your life? What will it look like, practically speaking, What areas, what specific areas is that going to touch first and foremost in your life to believe more actively in him? Perhaps you could just close your eyes for a moment. Lord, we don't want to labor for food that spoils So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bring conviction right now. Teach us. Help us to see those areas of our lives where we need to believe in you more actively. To give ourselves to following you. Show us, Holy Spirit, what that looks like in our lives. And Holy Spirit, just speak to us right now, we pray. If there's anything we need to let go of, or if there's anything we need to take up. You are our bread of life. You are our everything. And we believe in you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.